Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. As always, Preston Meyer with you, Jacob Bland alongside me. And tonight, a very special guest, a guy that you may know that you don't know, if that makes sense. You might you might know who he is, but you might not know, recognize the name. It's Mark Spiegel. Mark, uh, for people who don't know, Mark is, is one of the founders, essentially, of the new Louisville-centric collective, which is called the 502 Circle. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about what your background is like very broad scope and, and, and essentially why uh, you wanted to get into this kind of realm the sports world yeah so first excited to be on with you guys uh respect what you guys have, have built and continue to do from a, a grassroots perspective for L. so kudos to you all uh my background you know I'm, I'm a louisville guy born and raised in louisville uh originally went to uh or i should should start i went to eastern high school so you know Jacob, I guess since he was what five or six years old. So um, that's right. excited to to be on here. It's coming full circle, no pun intended. But uh, you know, grew up a U of L fan. Families had tickets since the 1950s, uh, and so I grew up going to games. And, and a lot of my experiences, both from a travel perspective as well as from a sport perspective, were you know going to NCAA tournaments or bowl games or you know a, a Freedom Hall. I remember the way from uh, from from our parking spot to to our seats, like it was the back of my hand. I could still do it today, but you know, really wanted to uh, to, to get involved with U of L. Uh, went there for for school, went there for grad school. Um, so it's 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 in my heart. And and looking at 
uh, ways to to get involved, ways to help, ways to to bring my skill set and and um, you know relationships to the table to, to help. We really felt like taking advantage of uh, this whole NIL universe that's been created over the last year as a way to start a collective to really help the uh, the university and student athletes and you know obviously connect the fans and, and you know businesses in a way that hopefully is is progressive, it's efficient, and it's and it's very welcomed by all sides. Yeah, like you said, this is full circle for me. Just to give a, the people a little bit of background of, of how we know each other here. Um, so I started going to Louisville games. I actually grew up a Kentucky fan. I don't know if a lot of people know that about me. Came to Louisville from Elizabethtown when I was really young. Grew up watching Kentucky and was a Kentucky fan. But then I met Mark. Started taking me to Freedom Hall. You talk about the walk from your car to your seats. I remember going up the ramps and exploring Freedom Hall with you in, in the early age and going to those games and really learning what it was like to, to watch Louisville basketball and get into the sport. And not only did you take me there, but we would go to practices. We would go to football games, just all kinds of different things. And um, it's the reason why I wanted to go to L was to, to kind of follow in your footsteps. And uh, I actually wanted to become a sports agent and then an NBA general manager, which I still think about what that life would have been like for me. Presley, I think I could do it i really do i'm pretty good at, at the, the nba and kind of assembling rosters but yeah so I, that's kind of where our background is and so for me getting to watch you you know kind of not only grow a business as you have over the last several years but now come back and um, launch 502 circle and the collective it's really cool to watch but i just you know from for my understanding for presley for the show for our audience how did how did the collective kind of come about from your side of things Obviously, you're, you know, for those who don't know you, that you work in, in the, the business realm and are very successful there. Um, and so this seems like a natural fit for you. But how did this just kind of, you know, come to your doorstep and you say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do this? Yeah, it's kind of a, a you know, crazy story, just happenstance. So I was at a uh, one of my next door neighbor uh, to an Atlanta Hawks game. They're actually playing Charlotte, which uh, opportunity to go see Montrez and Terry Rogier played. But I was sitting, um, my neighbor's a, a partner at, a, at one of the larger law firms here. So we're sitting in their box and directly next to me was a, uh, a kid who just got selected in the high lottery of the, the NBA draft. Um, so, you know, just striking up conversations. And, you know, I said jokingly that it's going to be a shame that you have to take a pay cut for your first rookie contract. <laughs> what you're and, uh, you know, he started laughing. He said, you know, the school didn't pay, but there's a group. And he, and he used the word collection that that actually facilitated uh, payments for for name, image and likeness. And so I didn't think much of it. And then that's a Wednesday night. Uh, you fast forward to Saturday morning. And, and this is all here in Atlanta where I live. I'm dropping my daughter off at a volleyball tournament, And I pop the radio on. I listen to sports radio and they're broadcasting from the University of Georgia spring football game. And lo and behold, there's an interview with a with a gentleman who had just was part of a group who just started a collective for the University of Georgia. So I'm listening to it and and, uh, you know, I hear this twice over a three day period. What do I do? Like everybody, they they sit there and they they pop a Google search on and say, hey, is, is there one that, you know, found out that there was not one. And so, uh, you know, I came home, talked to my wife. I was talking to a couple other people and. You know, a few days later after, uh, you know, just thinking about it, said, hey, made, made a few phone calls and, and said, let's let's do it. So, you know, I, you have to think that had I not been at that game, had I not turned the radio on, this probably would not have happened. And, and also fortunate that my wife was very supportive, who uh, similar to you was actually she actually went to the University of Kentucky, but 
had grown up a UofL fan and, 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 always, and is still a UofL fan. So she's one of the few who made it out of Lexington, uh, a UofL fan going in and, and also a UofL fan coming out. So she had encouraged me to do it. And, and you know, that after making some calls, I mean, the, the, the response for, from the fans and some of the, the donors that I talked to, the people in the business community in Louisville were, hey, let's do it. We need it, right? Every, almost every other school, especially P5, on the Power 5 level, had one that had either uh, just been created or has been up and running for a few months. And so, you know, we, we needed to do it from a competitive standpoint, but also I think just from a sheer, uh, you know, relationship standpoint and, and how we support this university and, and really wanted to, from day one, the thought was always, how do we get fans involved and allow them to have, uh, you know, a, an easy connection point to the, to the student athletes who are performing and, and who we're rooting for, you know, day and night. That's that kind of just leads us into the natural next question, and that's just what exactly does a collective do? What's the overall goal, uh, and how is it going to benefit the student athletes? Yeah, so collectives are, are formed, they are not part of the university, they're an independent business, uh, and they're really designed to be a mechanism to raise funds to do uh, name, image, and like, likeness deals for the student athletes. And so there are some nuances in each state uh, from, from a state law standpoint, but uh, as, as we've seen, the ones that, that have been formed and, and that are successful are really doing a good job of, of engaging the, the fan base. And so that's something, I mean, we're fortunate to have amazing fans at UofL, people who, who live and breathe it, such as the, the two of you guys, and obviously the people who are part of your, your site and, and, and the folks who listen to the podcast, but really wanted to make sure, because nobody really knows, hey, I know what NIL is, I read about it, I see a lot of these crazy numbers thrown out there, but but how do I get involved? And so, you know, we felt like, hey, how do we make it easy for people to get involved? How do we make it easy for businesses to get involved? And then on, on the flip side, how do we make it easy for student athletes to to be part of it and, and to uh, to be compensated for their likeness and allow them to generate revenue from their, uh, their successes. Yeah. I'm interested from a business side, obviously working in the corporate world myself, specifically in advertising, I'm seeing kind of NIL play out in real time. And it's, it's this world of, you know, some of these deals that you talk about are just numbers that are thrown out and you never really see from a business side, what the business is getting. You just kind of see from a player's perspective, oh, they're getting, you know, 4 million over four years or whatever it is that's been thrown out. But from a business side, I feel like there's this misconception of what NIL is and what it can be for business. So from a business owner standpoint and somebody who obviously wants to get businesses in the community involved, can you speak a little bit about what the value is for businesses and partnering with the collective or just in general getting into the NIL game and supporting the student athletes in Louisville? Yeah, I think businesses have to obviously every every business is different and, and the goals you know, it's, if you're in obviously advertising and marketing, everybody's goals are different. Is it just PR? Is it is it eyeballs? Is it clicks? Uh, is it is it generating uh, throughput in a, in a facility? Um, is it is it selling items? And so, I think depending on what your goals are, there are some really good use cases for these businesses to utilize these student athletes, their social media followings, their uh, their ability to make appearances. Uh, but I think there's some some other ways. That people can benefit and, and i think our, there's also a community uh involvement factor so you know most businesses Louisville's amazing for supporting local businesses and so if you're a local business 
what better way is there to generate interest and, and generate publicity for yourself, but by bringing in the, you know, some of the student athletes or even an entire team, for instance, uh, that, that people root for that, you know, that's going to get written about in the Courier Journal. It's going to be covered by a variety of blogs. And it's, you know, it's going to get Instagram and all that stuff. So, you know, I think it, the hard part from, from a marketing standpoint, an advertising standpoint is how do you judge ROI? And so I think that, you know, companies have to make their own determinations, but, you know, I, I can think of no better way or, or, or no better representatives to, to be involved with and partner, truly partner with than, than a lot of the student athletes at, at UofL. Are there any examples of, of ways that that you guys have kind of come together and thought of the way that we're gonna engage the fans? Or is this still kind of a work in progress? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a work in progress and it's gonna be a work in progress. It's, you know, as we stated in our original release, we're gonna he- be heavily digital. That's my background and, and it, as you all know, when you're digital, things are constantly evolving. That's the cool part about it is you can iterate on the fly. And, you know, a lot of the, the successes that we've had in business have come from people saying, you know, it'd be really cool if, right? And so we're going to take that feedback. And it, this is not about me. It's not about even the, you know, the, the people who are involved. It's, it's about the community. It's about the, what the student athletes want. It's about what businesses want. It's about what the fans want. So, you know, I would encourage people to to constantly give feedback and, and that feedback's going to be taken. And, and the cool thing is, is you can, you know, as I said, iterate oftentimes every, you know, every two to four weeks, you're, you're in a new sprint and you can, uh, you can constantly have a play out. But, but I think, you know, to your original question, we're going to continue to be creative in, in how we, uh, you know, how we actually fulfill and utilize the, the pool of money that that's generated you know, I, I was talking to a family member of mine who's an executive. This is like, yes, this is two days ago. And we weren't talking about it. He's a former Power 5 basketball player, a great guy, but he's a he's an executive for a equal space. And I just had this thought on the fly. I said, you know, how much do you guys spend for recruiting your personnel, recruiting employees? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, close to a half million dollars a year. It's, this is not even a big company, but they have a lot of costs in recruitment. And so I said, imagine how cool it would be. And he follows sports very closely. Imagine how cool it would be for your company to do 10, 20, 30, 50 NIL deals. Even if it's a thousand dollars a pop, you're generating buzz for your, uh, you know, you choose wisely who, who you want to, uh, to wear your product or, or represent your brand, but you're also building relationships with people that can very well be great uh, employees once they graduate. And so you know, I'm thinking if you spend $50,000 spreading it around for NIL deals across the country, that's a lot better than spending $500,000 to get the same pool of applicants. And so, you know, when, when we when we think about NIL, it's evolving so fast that where we are today is going to be nowhere near where we are in six months. And so we've got to stay extremely nimble. Um, and, I, and I think we will. I know we will to take advantage of those trends, but also be trendsetters. One example of, of the way that I've thought about why not having NIL is so silly is, is my experience as a student athlete. Uh, I played Division three golf, right? I couldn't give a golf lesson to a kid because I was an NCAA athlete. And keep in mind, I wasn't on scholarship. Um, you know, I was paying my way through school, and yet I could not represent myself. And I, I think about, you know, there are national championship swimmers on campus. There are our baseball players that, that we've had players in the last few years 
You drafted no, number number one overall in the, in the MLB MLB draft. And exactly how are non revenue generating sports going to be impacted by this? We think about you know uh, the the big name recruits on on the football field. We think about guys making their legacy on the basketball court, but what about like a women's basketball player, a baseball player, something like that? Are they going to be able to be impacted by this as well? Yeah, every everybody will. I think that's the really cool part about this is it gives a platform to every single uh, person who puts on a jersey, regardless of sport, regardless of, you know, really even how good they are. Um, it, it gives a platform. So one of the things that we'll announce, and I, and I won't get too deep into it, but we're create, you know, we're going to be partnering with a technology platform that allows folks to digitally do those types of lessons and have it monetized with a click of a button. And so being able to reach an audience, you know, you, Presley, you, you think about, you know, say you wanted to record a five minute lesson on, you know, how to get out of a bunker. And I'm not a golfer, by the way, I just pretend like I know a little <laughs> bit about it. You are easily going to be able to do that. And then people, and then you obviously can promote that yourself. We will give you the back, the, 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 the platform and back in to successfully transact that and make it very seamless and also expose it to, to a large audience. So, you know, it felt like um, one, of the, one of the problems with NIL has been to this point is yes, now it's out there and it's been out here for a year, but nobody really knows what they can do. And, and even on top of that, people aren't really helping them do it. There's no book that they can read. There's no tutorial. There's no technology that's easy for people to utilize. And so part of our job with, with the collective is making it easy for, for the student athletes, for that golfer, right? For that swimmer, for that lacrosse player to, to be able to, if, if they so choose, monetize it by their skill set, put, put tutorials out there, uh, do, do digital classes. Connect with the fans. You know, I think, uh, you know, somebody got a cameo for me several years ago. I thought it was kind of silly at that point that somebody paid 50 bucks for somebody to say happy birthday to me. Uh, <laughs> it was one of my favorite. It was really cool. But what now, who was you, it, though? Hold on. No, 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 no. You got you to gotta tell us who it was. You can't just drop that in there because I see I sense a little bit of embarrassment or like uh, a little reserve. Well, I'm not it embarrassed. Is. It was Sloan from Entourage. It was my favorite okay. show for a long okay. time. Uh, okay. You know, it was. It was I still have the file on, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> we, we, we feel like we're talking about being able to connect with the fans, right? Well, what if we're that bridge that allows people to, to be able to easily connect to somebody to say happy birthday, somebody to do a, you know, a live chat and have, you know, be able to, to charge people an admission or be able, similar to what you see on YouTube with a lot of the, you know, the, the sports personalities who have their pot, their podcasts on YouTube. They have these super chats and people pay money just to get their question read aloud and answered. So why can't we do that? Why can't we give the technology directly to the, the student athletes, not charge them for it and get, put it in their hands and teach them how to use it and help them monetize. So those are all ways that, that we're going to continue to, to evolve. Um, and, and those types of things will happen sooner rather than later. So you mentioned all of the, the cool perks and just different things that are, they're, uh, going to be part of the the collective and opportunities for businesses and fans alike to kind of connect with the student athletes but when you look at this long term and you think of what recruiting of student athletes looks like once this gets going and the collective is a big part of the student athlete life 
What's the recruiting aspect kind of look like? How does that influence how athletes look at the university compared to other schools uh, and what their opportunities are here? Obviously, we've heard a lot about this being a, a pro town with no pro team. So there's a, a real opportunity there. Um, but what's that kind of ideal dream um, kind of scenario look like in terms of how it impacts recruiting? Yeah, look, NIL as it stands right now cannot be used as an inducement to recruit a student athlete. So, you know, this this collective is going to benefit people who are on the active rosters at UofL, who are, pre- who are enrolled at the university. Uh, but, but you know, I think it's it's very safe to, to assume that people who are looking and, and if NIL is important to you, they're going to look at what are the current student athletes who maybe are a comp for myself? How are they doing? What what types of things are they doing? How is the community supporting them? Uh, what businesses are, are, are partnering? And so, again, we want to make this very, very easy for people to, to reach out and, and connect with those people because we know, you know, and I think anybody who's, you know, who's, who's honest is going to tell you that, you know, kids talk, you know, I'm on a recruiting visit. You know, I'm sure somebody's asking, you know, what 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 did they do for you this year? And, you know, from a collective standpoint and, and from a fan standpoint, we want to make things we want to be competitive. I'm an ultra competitive person in general. So that's right. We, Listen, I, I want to interrupt you. You used to make me like near tears when I was like seven, eight years old because you used to just absolutely kick my ass in NBA Live. It just would make me. I mean, you would put me, like I said, near tears, just like, here, eat it, eat it. Like, I, I remember that very vividly. Well, my, my daughter's what, five and a half to be six in September, and I still have problems letting her school. It hasn't, it, uh, <laughs> it, 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 that, but that's how I am. And so, you know, again, 100% playing by the rules, but w- whatever we can do to make ourselves more competitive and get a leg up. And, and, you know, again, it's about helping these kids. These student athletes do a lot. For the, for the university, they do a lot for themselves and for their families. And so for the first time, you know, the unfortunately, Presley, when you were hitting hitting the golf ball, you couldn't take advantage. Well, now you can. And so how what are we doing to support those people to, to allow them to maximize from a from a revenue generation standpoint from an NIL perspective? So if there's one thing that I want people to take away from this, uh, but there, there's a number of things. But one thing that we really haven't mentioned yet you know, market and, and people who are kind of contributing to this. Yes, at the end of the day, for some for businesses, there is something to benefit from this. But this is also something that that Mark does, just like Jacob and I do with, with our with our website, because we have a passion for this. We care about the city. We care about our university. It's a whole conglomeration and everything coming together the right way. And Mark, you were talking about, uh, you know, memories of, of growing up. And, you know, Jacob, and I, I remember the same thing, parking, you know, uh, Ring Road, you know, walking uh, past Old Cardinal Stadium and waiting for the horses to cross and walking in the Freedom <laughs> Hall and smelling the kettle corn. Like, that's nostalgia right there. Like, if I think about, like, nostalgic memories, like, that'll give me chills just thinking about walking into Freedom Hall as a kid. And so, like, this is the stuff that gets us fired up that we're passionate about. And it's something that we're going it's, to it's something that we're gonna take seriously and be competitive about. But it's something we want to have fun with with as well. And, and Mark, I know that you're, you're a guy that, that is passionate about U of L and, and sports as a whole. So I, I want to hear your opinion on kind of th- this year's team, Kenny Payne rolling in and kind of, we, it seems like started out pretty hot, got the guys that he wanted back on the roster, but I've been, I, I'm not going to say I've lost sleep over it, but I'm very concerned about the way that the roster construct is set up this year. 
do you feel like that this is kind of a I'm not going to say mailing it in, but do you feel like that Kenny Payne and, and the staff kind of are setting themselves up for two, three years down the road versus immediate success? Because I look at the, the backcourt right now, I look at the roster, and I'm, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, not living in Louisville, I'm fortunate that I probably don't have to hear talk radio every single morning talk about when are we going to get a guard on the roster. But <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you this, I think I'm, I'm – extremely excited about Kenny's. I think, uh, number one, I don't think that there's even a thought about mailing it in this year. I think you, you've got a, a staff of people that have not gotten where they are without being very competitive and wanting to win at everything. Uh, I think you have to balance that by uh, doing what's in the best interest for the program. And, and I think as he's, as he's has mentioned in a number of interviews, you have to set the tone and build the culture the right way. And I'm, I'm not one of those people I want to sacrifice medium and long-term success for short-term gains. So do I think we're going to be good this year? I think we're going to be better than, than a lot of people think. Do I think that there's probably, you know, a, a player that we don't even know about who's going to be part of the team? Probably so. Um, I don't have any information. It's just a gut feeling that I have. But I also am not a big believer. What do we have, nine or ten guys on the roster I'm not a big believer that you need to have 13, 14, 15 players. I think you're, you're you know, you play seven, eight guys. Most teams do. And uh, I think we have a solid core. Do I, would, I, would another ball handler be great? Yeah, of course. But th- that may come. And so I think part of it is, is a trust factor. I think I'm extremely high on the staff, um, all three of the assistant coaches. And then obviously you've got, Milt Wagner in there and then and Reese Gaines. So the, he's done an amazing job in a short time period, restoring, um, you know, re- restoring some confidence, restoring some hope. Uh, last year was tough. I mean, I, yeah. I was one of the few people I sat at the game at Georgia tech here in Atlanta and, and watched us get a W and it was great. And I think that may have been one of the last W's we had uh, for the entire season. And that I think was January 2nd. So, uh, you know, it, it was tough, but I feel, feel pretty good about where we're going and I don't think that this is a uh, uh, definitely it's not a mail-in season no I, I think it's really encouraging to watch this kind of movement of NBA coaches and NBA support staff come to Louisville and see the value of what Kenny Payne is building and one thing I can't get away from you talk about uh, you know excitement and not mailing it in I think there's going to be an, a ton of development but I still think Louisville's going to take their lumps. But one thing I can't get away from is how Louisville's going to con- – they're going to carry themselves like professionals. You're going to see this team run like an NBA team. Uh, the way that they operate on the court on a night-in, night-out basis will be much like an NBA team. Uh, and, Mark, they talk a lot about this, this kind of positionless basketball and this era of not needing anymore. You know, you don't need six-foot-two guards who can handle the ball and set up an offense and what, put one finger in the air to call play. You know, the, the old-school way of, of basketball where you had to have that point guard who kind of led the team. Now it's these guys that are, you know, if you look at what the Knicks have been doing under Tom Thibodeau with Kenny Payne on staff is you have guys like Julius Randle playing point guard. You have guys like uh, Alec Burke playing uh, point guard, R.J. Barrett playing point guard, all these guys who aren't necessarily point guards by definition. What do you think of this kind of new era of, of positionless basketball and how it fits with this roster with guys like Kamari Lands, Devin Reed, Jay? Jalen Withers, J.J. Trainer, these guys that are uber long and just can play a number of different positions. How do you think that kind of factors into the overall uh, success of the team this season? 
Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, you'd mentioned NBA Live. Uh, you know, I used to play a fair amount of video games back in the day, and I was at the curve because I could never get a good power forward. You always build your, your rosters on these franchise modes and things like that. And so I would end up sticking a three at the four and just try to spread the floor and, and, and do it that way. But, you know, I think watching what Golden State does with basically Draymond Green playing major minutes at the five and he's what, six, five, six, six. I think versatility is key. I think especially with, with so many screen and rolls, I think being able to switch picks and keep people in front of you affect shots, having, uh, you know, having versatile defenders is key. But then also, you know, having guys who can knock down shots, I think, you can you can scheme a little bit to uh, to get people open, but but ultimately, if you have guys who can who can beat somebody off the bounce, who can make a pass, and a guy catching it can make an open shot, I, I think you can do a lot of damage. And so I'm a big proponent of it. I think you know having length is is key in affecting people, but I'm also one of these folks who, who love you know the the Peyton Sivas of the world, who you know the Russ Smiths of the world, who you could not keep in front of you regardless of 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 who you you know who you tried to attack and them constantly causing stress and getting in the lane and forcing defenses to to collapse and, and you have kickouts you know there's still a place for that but I I think you know as as Kenny mentioned I mean he's going to look for he's going to look for athleticism and uh, you know I like to see people dunk I mean I can't remember how many dunks we had last year but it wasn't a lot so. Hopefully, hopefully we can upgrade the athleticism and explosiveness, and and I think we will. I'm confident that we will. Yeah, I saw a statistic uh, late last year where I think Kelly Dickey, who's the kind of a stat aficionado for Louisville basketball, uh, he he put something out essentially where since the since the dunk has been back in college basketball, which was like the mid '80s, uh, I think this this was the least amount of dunks that Louisville had in a season. Which is extremely concerning because you go back to those late Patino years, they did nothing but dunk. Uh, so yeah, it'd be nice to see guys uh, finishing above the rim. I think that that's the, that's a big thing that that Louisville lacked last season was you had a lot of Jared West finishing below the rim and like a lot of, you know, it felt like very Quan Four esque last year. Um, and and so I, I guess my my standpoint is still and and I have to again starting five hundred two podcast drink whenever you hear this phrase, Jacob. Uh, it, you got to have guys to stir the drink, man. You got to have guys that that can can get the ball moving because I think that was the big thing, right? Like two years ago was you know if Louisville just had one more ball handler, and it was the same way um, last season. You know, it felt like Louisville had some pieces. There were guys that could have been successful, like a Matt Cross, like a Noah Locke. Instead, it kind of became where they had to do uh, things a lot more themselves. They had to create for themselves, uh, and and so that's. Again, like you said, Mark, I kind of have that gut feeling as well, like where there, there could be one or two more uh, ball handlers that ultimately wind up on this roster. Uh, Fabio Basili is, is a guy that, that we keep hearing his name, former teammate of Mike James. So, uh, But, again, that's an un, unrated type of player. But at least it's another ball handler. At least it's, it's somebody else. And that's really, that's really what I want to see. I want to see at least one or two more guys that, that can uh, handle the ball and distribute because, I mean, like it or not, they're still college-level players. You know, it's still not not quite the pros. I would like I'd like to see Louisville have that option because I think you play a team like like Virginia or a team with some length like a Duke or North Carolina, and you might get your lunch taken uh, if you just have L. Ellis. Uh, God forbid he gets in foul trouble or or you know can, can't go for one one reason or another. It's there's got to be somebody else out there. Well, look, there, you know, I think we 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 know that 
there is going to be a bit of a, of a building process. And I think people, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not one of these folks who, who believes and tells people, just be patient, just be patient. But I think if you, you know, you, you guys both know the game quite well, you can look at it and say, hey, there, there may be some deficiencies, but you know what? There are some positives. There's some talent on this roster, and you can certainly, you know, utilize that talent and, and take advantage of, of what you do have. And I think that's what good coaches will do. And, you know, the, the, again, the fortunate part is, and this is why I say that I don't believe this is the thought of mailing it in is ever uh, entered into the, 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 the thought process. You have Danny Manning, who's very likely going to be a head coach again. He's not coming somewhere for a year to rebuild. He's coming for somewhere. He's going coming here for a year to try to win. And I think he's a head coach after one season. But you know, I, I think nobody on that team is is going to believe that this is a mail-in season. I, I think that starts with the head coach, and you know, I think that's all the way up to the to the athletic director as well. What do you make uh, of Sidney Curry? He's a guy that came on really strong late last year and was, by all accounts, Louisville's best player down the final 10, 15 games of the year. Um, he's been a really, really uh, kind of you, – you've seen his personality kind of blossom this offseason. He's kind of led the way from a basketball standpoint uh, from NIL and all of those things, kind of uh, being out and, and present in the community. But what do you make of him being kind of the face of next year? Because I think, you know, if you look at it from – uh, each year there's been a guy that's kind of been, you know, the, 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 like I said, the face of the program, the guy that you kind of look at to be the star. Um, and this year it's him, in my opinion. What, what are your thoughts on what he can be for you, Val, and what his ceiling is overall? Yeah, you went with the whole face of the program. I remember Charlie Strong, that was Bilal Powell for, for a year. That's right. And he that's had a great right. year. But, uh, you know, look, I, I like Sidney Curry for, for a number of reasons. I think on the court, you can see that he has passion. You can see he cares. You can see he hates the blues. Uh, I think, you know, he got himself – I'm extremely jealous of the type of shape he got himself into. In That's right. Year. Lord knows I need that in my life. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, look, I think he, he brings some value. He's, a, he's strong. I think his motor, is, is, as he showed towards the end of the year, he has a good motor. But I think that the, the thing that's going to help him with this staff, I mean, this staff is about player development. And, and so I think he's going to take that leap forward. And I think what you're seeing also, in the, you know, from a social standpoint and what he's doing in the community is there's a confidence that's, that's been created in him. And I think that started with getting in great shape, starting having some success on the court. And that confidence is leading into a, a, a leadership standpoint, which, which I love. I mean, the kid, he cares. And is he going to be the most talented player all the time? No, but is he going to be the, 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 the longest player or the most skilled player? No, but when you have heart, you have desire that covers up for, for, for some of those things. So if we have a team full of people like that, we're going to be very successful. So I'm, I'm high on him. I'm high on a number of guys. I, you know, I have a friend who, um, you know, who's from the Orlando area who told me about Mike James, you know, unfortunately he got hurt last year think he would have helped us last year I think he'll help us this year coming back from from his injury uh, but but I think we have a, a roster that the people we do have are good players I think we you know the the type of offense we run and how cohesive they are those are all questions that you know any first-time coach is, is going to have to answer and have to answer on the court but I like I like Sidney Curry I like him um, you know he followed the the 502 circle Twitter Twitter page so I think 
I know that, that one of the one of the guys who's part of the circle is taking a couple calls of, of people who are interested in in doing some things with him. So hopefully we'll we'll have some business opportunities. But but more importantly, you know, wish the kid nothing but success on the court, in the classroom, in the community. Yeah, we're we're all about you know we, the the whole point of getting together and doing this and talking about five hundred two circle. And forgive me, my dog has gotten a hold of some bubble wrap and he's just making a, just a mess out here, but he's having a great time. One of the reasons why we get together and why we do this is is because of the of the storytelling behind the players and, and what they can kind of bring to the table. And, and Jacob, you're right with him being the face of the program. And I, I've kind of told these stories just a little bit on, on previous podcasts, but Mark, I, I'm not sure if, if, if you've heard anything similar to this. Number one, Sidney Curry, story that stands out to me on the court. There are a lot of reports of him after the North Carolina game last year, which I don't know if you remember, very competitive game, kind of got screwed over. Armando Baycott ended up staying in the game way longer than he needed to. They're not going to the tournament at that point. Uh, I think Chris Mack was gone at that point. Like they, They're just playing for, for, for pride, and that's it. And apparently he got off the court. He was like in a tunnel on his knees crying. Like, that's how much he cares about winning. And it reminds me of Shane Behanen. And I think it was 2012 going into the – it was the year before the championship season, so maybe 2011. He went into overtime against Vanderbilt, but he missed a wide-open layup. Saw him in, in the huddle literally, like, leaping in his hands that he missed a game, game-winning game shot. I, I like to see that kind of passion from a player, you know, a Montrez Harrell, uh, a Russ Smith, a Peyton Siva. Like, th- those are the kind of guys that, that make their legacies uh, at, at Louisville. Another quick story – uh, Sidney Curry, he held a ba- basketball camp that, that we sponsored uh, here in Louisville. And I'm pulling up just to just to check it out, see what's going on. And I see this very large man uh, <laughs> out, out front of the building, ralphing in the bushes. And I was like, that is Sidney Curry. He's throwing up in the bushes. What is going on? So I go inside, talk to our guy, Alan, who's who's helping put on the basketball camp. Sidney Curry showed up 30 minutes late, but it, he had a great reason. He had food poisoning. He put on this basketball camp. Had no obligation. Uh, there was another player. Uh, I think it was JJ Trainer was was there, and the, the, everything was running smoothly. They could have gone without him, and he was there. Like you could tell, he was not feeling it. But he he took every picture with every kid. He was throwing up in the corner, doing autographs, all that stuff. He was there, uh, absolutely in a situation where he didn't have to be. Uh, and I, I thought that that spoke a lot to his character. Kenny Klein multiple times uh, to the side stood up to the media this year and and, ta- and singled out Sidney Curry as the hardest worker on the team. So yeah. Super excited about that. Kind of going into the season, obviously not as many to choose from. Last year they had 14 scholarship players. Who kind of stands out to you is, is a guy that, you, that you're that you excited to see this year or that, that stands out to you on this roster? Well, you know, so I'm excited to see Mike James, I think, just because none of us have seen him. So there's always some some intrigue. Um, but I also, you know, I I think Jalen had a, had a tough season last year, I think. Uh, the, the the transition to more of a face up four and the way he was utilizing the offense for for chunk of the year uh, um, was was strong. so I think he'll be utilized in in, in I think a better way a, a way that's more comfortable um, so I'm excited to see where where he goes but you know I'm also excited and it's it's a bit cliche but I'm excited to see what the coaches look like what the coaches do what the offense is going to look like what the defense you know, defensive coverages and, and how things adjust and, and how uh, in-game adjustments are, are, are made. So I, I think, Ken, you know, Kenny's had a chance to learn. I probably, I won't mention the name, but, you know, there's a solid coach that he coached with in college for, for a while, uh, you know, and then obviously Coach Thibodeau up in up in New York. I was fortunate enough to, to have good tickets when they played, the Knicks played here in Atlanta uh, this year, and, and, and he was active. But I think, 
you know, just having coaches that have great relationships with the kids, but also understanding the role in the community is, is going to be, uh, it, it's going to be helpful. Um, because I think ultimately you follow what the, the, the leaders, you know, what their mannerisms are and, and how they act both on and off the court. Uh, and I'm excited to see Sidney Curry. I think he ended the year in a, in a, in a very positive fashion. I think that's transitioned to, to a good off season. Some of the other newcomers are going to be that, that we still don't know about. Cause I, again, I believe there's at least one. Yeah. I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't, I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything, but AJ Johnson, he's out of California. He's a five-star guard. I just have this gut feeling. He could be the guy that could be every classifier. You get him and you're talking about a potential team that could make a tournament run with all those players on the wing Anyways, I, I don't know. We'll see what that what comes of that. Mark, last question here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast tonight on the Starting 502 podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Conference realignment is the topic of discussion the last couple of days with the uh, Big Ten adding a couple of Pac-12 schools, which you think about UCLA flying up to uh, Rutgers to play a, a, a noon football game. And goodness gracious, you wonder about that decision. But now, obviously, it's looking like there's going to be these super conferences with the SEC, Big Ten kind of absorbing the teams that matter. Uh, Louisville, Florida State, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Oregon, Washington. These are some of the big schools that are of of the uh, topic of discussion. What do you think is going to happen here, man? Is this a situation where Louisville gets potentially left out? Does, Does Louisville kind of... Uh, end up, you know, with an SEC uh, big conference, Big Ten. What do you think kind of happens here, or what are you hopeful to see over, over the next couple of years? Yeah, well, first, I think when you you right now you don't have a ticket to the dance, and so there's there's obviously uneasiness when when you don't know if you're going to go. Um, I think anybody would would have that. Uh, I think we as as fans and supporters of the university, this is a time to invest. This is a time to you know, to, to go all in because I think those things will, will show up. I think that the, the decisions that are being made, um, obviously about television dollars, but I think at some point they're also going to be made about the, the durability and, and the, the upside for specific programs and, and, and universities. So I think we have great facilities. I like, I like the, the coaches. We have a, we have a good group. We have a, you know, young athletic director who's, who's extremely energetic and I think very creative uh, that, that I think will help. Um, and I think we have a, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, we are the pro team in the town. So you have a business community that, um, you know, that, that can get behind this and, and, and our jobs, all of our jobs is to make it easy for those businesses and the, the people in the community to get behind the program. So uh, what would I like to see? Look, I've said for a long time, and this is no offense to, you know, s- s- these schools, but I'm not a huge fan of, of you know, Louisville playing Moorhead State in football or uh, in, in, you know, in basketball playing any number of teams that you see in the, the December schedule. I understand why they both occur, uh, but but I want to see the good teams who are somewhat evenly matched from a uh, from a, a, a budget standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint. I want to see those teams play as many times as possible. I think those are going to generate more TV dollars. So do I think we are going to super conferences? Yes, I think you know, 40 to 50 schools will be part of that. Uh, I think there will probably will be geographic uh, regions or, or divisions, you know, similar to like an AFC, NFC uh, format in, in the NFL. But I, I'm, I'm a big proponent. I'd love to see it. Um, I think that as we're starting to see more and more that 
you know, the, the, the NCA, especially at the high major level, may not be the, uh, you know, what we've known them to be may not be the, the way of the future. So, you know, potentially breaking off has been talked about for years. I think that could happen. But I think we as, a, as supporters of the, of the school, now is the time to, to say, to raise our hands and say, how can we get involved? How can we build up the, uh, it's more attractive. We are attractive. You know, living down here in, in, in SEC country, you know, we obviously have, have gone through a few things over the last, you know, five, six years that nobody's proud of. But the profile of the university, people actually hold it in pretty high regard. People like, uh, you know, like our basketball program. They know about our facilities. They understand that we've, you know, that we've had recent successes in football. And, and then obviously what the women's basketball program has done and, and soccer and baseball is, is, is obviously, you know, uber successful every single year. The program's more than just one or two sports. And, uh, and, and they understand that it, it is a major program in a city that doesn't have any, uh, in, in a city that has no professional sports at the highest level. So the upside, I think, for Louisville is, is, is extremely key. And I think we all need to get behind and rally and say, hey, what, what, can, I, what can we do to, to help us get a ticket to that dance? That is a perfect segue into the conclusion of our show tonight. Uh, Mark, first of all, can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to join us on Starting 502. But how can the, the fans, the audience that are listening to this right now, uh, stay in touch with 502 Circle? And what are, uh, what are, how can they kind of um, get involved now? Or what can they kind of expect on how to get involved over the next couple of months as we head towards the fall semester of, of school? Yeah, so we're, you know, as as we've mentioned, we're going to officially launch our, our digital platform August 29th. Um, so that's what, seven weeks away. I can't believe uh, we're already into into July. Um, but, you know, keep an eye out. Obviously, I know you all will will, will promote it. And and uh, as, as I've mentioned, I think on, on another radio show, we're going to make it so people will be able to find us. People will be within a couple of clicks, be able to uh, to be part of the circle, support the uh you know, the collective and the student athletes in the program. So uh, just be on the lookout. We'll, we'll release more and more details over the next few weeks. So, uh, so we'll stay on the top of uh, everyone's mind, but I think we're all super excited to, to head towards the back, back part of August and into the, the next, uh, you know, athletic season. And we'll be, we'll be live and active at that point. Yeah, well, we can't wait. We will be following along. That's at 502 Circle on Twitter if you want to uh, stay in touch over the next couple of months as we uh, head towards that date that Mark just mentioned there. That that date is quickly uh, approaching here. Uh, but for the meantime, Mark, thank you for, for joining the show. Uh, for myself, Jacob Blaine, Presley Meyer, we will catch you next time on Starting 502. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.